Happy Thursday, everybody. Super excited about today's episode. But you know what? Before we get there, I want you to check out Plain Joe Studios. This episode is brought to us by our good friends at Plain Joe Studios. We just love these guys. They describe themselves as spatial storytellers. You might be wondering, what does that mean? What is spatial storytelling? It means that they are really the very best at taking your church's vision and story and bringing it to life through physical space. They combine architecture, concept design, graphic design, technology integration, and a deep love for your church into a singular design process that will elevate your church building into an immersive asset that propels your mission and connects more people to your story. These guys are amazing. They have literally have a Disney heritage with principals who have worked with the Walt Disney character, uh, Walt Disney characters, Walt Disney Company, and uh, our incredibly talented team that just gets the church. If you're thinking about cafe design, redesigning your buildings, reopening issues, caf- or kids ministry theming, major master planning of a huge campus, renovations of portable church locations, large campuses, small campuses, Plain Joe Studios is the partner you're going to want to call. Listen, go to plainjoestudios.com forward slash unseminary to connect with them. This is crazy. For a free 30-minute consultation, now is the time to reach out to them. They would love to talk to you and to hear your story. That's plainjoestudios.com forward slash unseminary. Thanks so much, friends. Jump in to today's episode. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Super excited for today's episode. Uh, I've got a friend who's been on before and you know, know, we don't really have repeat guests and And so when you know there's a repeat guest, you know it's going to be good. Uh, Greg Farah, welcome from Shelter Rock Church. Uh, Welcome to the show again, Greg. Rich, thank you so much. But more importantly, thanks for your incredible resource, Um, your podcast, website, uh, just all the people you introduced us to. It's amazing. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm uh, excited to have you back on. Um, for folks that don't know, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the church you serve at? Uh, it's called Shelter Rock Church. I like it because it's in one of those parts of the country that people don't just flock to church in in, uh, in your part of the world, uh, which for longtime listeners will know, I love to profile church leaders, particularly in those parts of the country, not against people who serve in the Bible Belt or other parts of the country. But tell us about Shelter Rock. Give us a kind of a bit of the, the picture of Shelter Rock and then your role there. Sure. Yeah. The reality is all parts of our country and around the world have their challenges to to uh, you know, lead a lead a church, but in my part, the Northeast, specifically uh, Long Island, New York, not only uh, is it challenging, but people will openly tell you why they want nothing to do with you and ha- have no qualms about it. So uh, at least there's no there's no games. We have great conversations. I love being here. Nice, that's great. Yeah, but Shelter Rock is a, a multi site church. And uh, Nassau County, so we're really uh, a commuter community into New York City. And church is about 80 years old, and I'm really excited. Uh, actually, today, believe it or not, on our our webpage, we kind of have our, our our new mission statement: love God, love people, make disciples. And uh, that has 
been a long time uh, coming uh, in terms of really seeking to be intentional about that. We're still learning what that means, but I'm really excited about what the future holds. Nice. Can you give us a kind of a bit of the flavor of the church? Like what is, you know, obviously we're in this weird intra-COVID time, so it's always, our churches look a little different than they, you know, have in the past, but give us a sense of kind of, if people were to either come to your stream on the weekend, or if they were to come to a service in kind of normal-ish times, what, give us a sense of of what the church is like. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough to just say, yeah, we're a contemporary church because everyone defines that that differently. Um, but we, uh, uh, seek to have music that is, uh, both loud and fun, but also, uh, you know, reflects part of the, you know, church heritage history. So there'll be a, a hymn thrown in there once in a while, but usually with a beat, uh, we, we have, uh, you know, strong biblical teaching. Um, uh, I'm, I'm a campus pastor, so I'm only speaking once a, once a month. We have uh, a, a regular teaching team that, that rotates, which I think is actually a distinctive of our church, multi-site live, live teaching. Uh, mm-hmm. our, our previous senior pastor really made it a, a goal that we wouldn't be a, uh, like a, a celebrity based style of, of church. Sure. The, yep. you know, the church would hear from multiple voices. Yeah, very cool. Well, one of the things, there's a lot that I love about you and your leadership, but when I think of who has their pulse on helping people grow in their relationship and really more than just helping individuals, really building systems and approaches, you're at the top of the list. Your name pops to mind. And, you know, recently I saw this study that I found, I I would like to say I found it surprising. It wasn't actually surprising, but I would say it, it was, it was shocking. It kind of took my breath away. Uh, and you've probably, um, you know, if you're listening in, you maybe have seen this uh, kind of filter through. It got covered in a couple different places, but it was done by our friends over at Lifeway Re- uh, Research. And uh, they did it in kind of partnership with Ligonier Ministries. And it found that 52% of American adults uh, believe that Jesus was just a great teacher and nothing more. So that, that's not that surprising, right? I think, hey, we, you know, that, that, you know, that, that doesn't, that doesn't really surprise me at all. However, the thing that did catch my attention and, and helped me, I leaned forward was it found that 30% of evangelicals believe the same thing, that, that Jesus was just a great teacher and nothing more, that he was not uh, God. It isn't God. Um, I found that really shocking and it really gets to the core of what we're going to talk about here today. This whole area of how do we help people grow in their relationship with Christ? What would you say when you look at this whole area of discipleship? Why is it kind of pick it apart a little bit? Why are we struggling so much? Or why does it appear like the church at, at large is struggling so much uh, to to help people actually grow in their relationship with Christ, to actually, uh, you know, to actually become a deeper Christian? How, how, why is that? Why are we struggling so much with that? Yeah, and and Rich, just to reference the the article, I think "shocking" is the the right word. I'm I'm glad you used that, uh, particularly just amongst evangelicals. There's no surprise uh, about the general population, uh, but I think the fact that this is an issue, uh, sadly so, has a lot to do with the fact that we are not making disciples <laughs> as uh, mm. churches. Uh, we are seeking mm-hmm. to draw a crowd, uh, 
we realize, okay, that's not the goal. And so let's connect people. So we get groups, uh, we keep busy calendars. Uh, there's a lot of things that we attempt to do to have a a large body of believers. And there's nothing wrong with seeking to have a large body of believers, but Jesus's command was make disciples, not grow the church, not add mm. campuses, but make disciples. And I think we are missing that emphasis. Well, yeah, I think the... Um, you know, there's a difference, obviously, between drawing a crowd and uh, helping people take steps closer to Christ, right? We're, um, you know, and I think anyone, any kind of thinking leader realizes that. But what what would you say in, because I, I, don't, I don't think anyone gets into ministry thinking, I want to just draw a crowd. <laughs> I don't, mm-hmm. I just want to kind of, you know, do, you know, kind of just, a, just attractional or just kind of um, let's, you know, build an audience type of ministry. But w- why do you think we end up in that? What is the kind of, are, is there structural things we should be thinking about? Is there, uh, is there, you know, are there, are there some things that you see um, in the kind of ministries in our ministry that is pushing against ultimately seeing people take steps closer to Christ? Well, I, I think there's a, a couple of things. First, the gen, the general church audience, they, they you know, they we we come um, and we go to church and we do the groups and we give and we do all the things that we are taught to do, and we end up with kind of a checklist mentality. Uh, I did this, I did that, and I did the other thing. Therefore, I should have a good week. Um, right. You know, we we just did a, a study on the uh, chapter eleven of of Hebrews, mm-hmm. and you know, the first thirty some odd verses really. Uh, praises and highlights the faithfulness of our our Bible heroes, and then the last several chapters, or the last several verses, talks about. And then there were some who uh, were persecuted, were stoned, were flogged, were sawn in two. And you know, I I just emphasize, hey, can we just put aside the silly notion that Christians don't suffer? pain and really mm. try to emphasize and dig into the fact that we need to emphasize our relationship with Jesus. We need to learn to feed ourselves. Our Sunday service cannot be the only spiritual meal uh, we, you know, we have. And I think often uh, it, pastors may not intentionally think, oh, I want to be a pastor so that I can speak to a big crowd. Although you, you pr- probably know some who who do think that <laughs> um, <laughs> yes but uh, i i think we just caught up to okay we gotta this isn't working uh this person isn't happy so let's keep trying things until we get people who are happy and again that's probably not their their main desire deep down they want to make disciples but i i also think and I, there's a lot of evidence for the fact that many I, I want to say most, but many pastors have not been discipled themselves. And so they don't really know what that, what that looks like. They know that's an important word and that's an uh, that's a essential teaching, but they haven't experienced it themselves. Yeah, that's, that's a good insight. I, I think that's, you know, I think that's very true. Um, you know, one of the things that I've, so I spent a lot of time on the programming side, the kind of Sunday you know, elements and music and video and all that. And one of the things I, just to be honest, I've struggled with is, you know, we, we want to make those experiences interesting, engaging, compelling. Mm -hmm. Um, And which I think is a good thing. Like, I I don't think that like 
oh, we want to make it boring and irrelevant. Like that's not a good idea. Um, but there is, we are at cross purposes with helping people or it can, it can be at cross purposes with helping people, like you say, feed themselves. Because the reality of it is on, um, you know, th- th- Thursday morning when um, the average person in our church opens their Bible, it doesn't look anything like Sunday morning. They don't have an incredible communicator there to, to come up with a statement that rhymes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they don't have, you know, there's not lights and graphics. And and so it, it can be very difficult. I think in some ways, I think our form can sometimes under undo our ability to then help people actually grow. So what what should we be doing? How should we, so taking that that's true, what should we be thinking about or how should we be helping our people actually self-feed? What would be some of those steps beyond, like you say, hey, just get in a group. Um, what are some of those things that we should be doing, you think, um, or you've seen or that you're doing at Shelter Rock? Yeah. And um, uh, we'll probably reference this uh, later, but I actually designed a course around uh, this whole thing. And the course itself isn't the, the emphasis, but the principles that, that come out of it. And, um, you know, those, those are, there's a, a commitment that we need to develop. And that is to, to make disciples or in my course, I say, join Jesus and make disciples because the first letter of each spells Jesus. So I needed a J. So join <laughs> Jesus and make disciples. Um, but this is so important, Rich, because it's the sense of communicating. Oh, yeah, you know, make disciples. Jesus said that. That's great. You know, I saw that uh, on a, uh, a cross stitch in my grandmother's house, uh, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, in, instead, it's a mindset. Uh, just last night, I was doing a small group leader training, and we talked about having a disciple making mindset, meaning uh, you shouldn't be doing everything. There should always mm-hmm. be a co-leader. And then the two of you shouldn't be doing everything, uh, you know, farm out different responsibilities, give people uh, chances to practice, cast vision uh, for multiplying ministry outside of the church. You, you, your boss drives you crazy, your, 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 your colleagues or your peers in your classroom frustrate you. Let's pray for opportunities to kind of sow some seeds uh, in, into them. So a disciple-making mindset is is essential. It's not just something on Sunday or for a class or course that you take, but it's a vision for life for when you go to the supermarket or when you're leading family devotions or when you're having your own prayer times. God, help me fulfill uh, my calling to be a disciple and to make disciples. So I think that is the foundation and that, that drum has to be beat every time, everywhere in every program that that has got to be a main emphasis. Yeah. I love that idea of starting with mindset. I think oftentimes we, we jump over and you mentioned this, we jump over the mindset piece and we just go to the checklist because frankly, it's easier to test or to teach a checklist, right? Do these three things. Um, where actually mindset ultimately, what's our frame that we, um, we look at the world, uh, how, how do we, uh, kind of see the world, see our place in it, see our relationship with other people. What does that actually look like? How do I, how do I live? Um, ultimately drives, I think deeper, 
life change in in people's lives. So you you mentioned the challenge. How does the challenge, uh, the you know the Jesus challenge? How does that help people develop that kind of mindset? What what does that look like? Yeah. So uh, take the Jesus challenge. One commitment uh, versus join Jesus uh, and 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 make disciples, and that includes those who are new believers or believers who feel stuck or stalled in their faith. Maybe they've been around for years and sit with their arms folded and say, I can't make disciples because I don't know how. I don't know what that means. Mm -hmm. I'm not like Mm so-and-so. And And that's where we as pastors or ministry leaders come alongside them and say, you don't have to be that person. What is your next step as a disciple maker? Let's talk about that. Let's have a conversation and help people know that wherever they are, uh, they can take a next step. So in terms of developing some habits, and again, just referencing my uh, Take the Jesus Challenge course, Mm -hmm. there's four habits. The, The first uh, and it's going to start with an E because I need to uh, spell Jesus, is engage, <laughs> engage with God's word. And someone could say, oh, yeah, that's like a quiet time or you know devotions. And yes, yes, it is. But it's so much more. Quiet times, devotions can easily be that checklist that we were just referencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read in the morning. I read before I went to bed. Check. It's done. Uh, but is it impacting me? Uh, do I even remember 10 minutes, if not, you know, but, 10 hours, certainly later, like what I even read. And so by engaging and um, you, you reference a Lifeway study, I know uh, Lifeway also a few years ago, and thank you Lifeway for all your uh, efforts in, towards this end, really talked about Bible engagement. Robbie Gallaty talks about mm-hmm. Bible engagement. And, and for me, um, that means I want to be thinking about what I read uh, when I am uh, commuting, uh, when I am in a business meeting, when I am uh, on a phone call. And Rich, for me, I mean, there's all kinds of technology. Uh, I, I used cutting edge technology from, I think it's actually the 18th century. It's called the index card. Uh, that's when it was first <laughs> invented. And I just think like, I try to go away with just one big idea, one action step, but stick it in my pocket. And I even though I've been doing this forever, I forget it's in my pocket and what is this? And oh yeah, and that brings me back. So that helps me stay engaged with God's word. Uh, And connected to that is the second habit, the S in Jesus, is stop and remember. Stop and remember what you read. Stop and remember Mm. God's promises. Stop and look around. Uh, God is at work at your a job in your church at your your supermarket. God is at work. We don't have to bring Jesus to a certain location on a missions trip. Jesus is already there. So let's stop, look around, see what God's doing. And just that exercise of stopping that helps us to stay engaged again with God's word. That helps us to remember, uh, hey, I'm a I, I'm a disciple maker. Uh, you know, God, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Uh, the you and Jesus, the third habit, is to unite with other believers. Uh, Rich, this is the church. This is the power of the the church, and and this is more uh, than discussing uh, the weather, the sports scores, you know, the the latest trends. Those things are important, and those are ways relationships develop. But true mm-hmm. biblical fellowship, true uh, unity amongst believers, are or is practicing the one another's, 
right? There's mm-hmm. 42 one another commands, love one another, serve one another, encourage one another, etc. used like 70 times. And so, uh, you know, if, if Rich, you and I were, uh, uh, you know, committing to to help each other grow as disciples, and you know, we'd be texting each other, we'd be calling each other, mm-hmm. we'd be you know asking, hey, how's it going? I've been praying for such and such, and did you do you know this and that? And oh, mm-hmm. you you messed up again. Hey, you know what? God loves you. I love you. That's okay. Get up. Let's try again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one, the last habit, uh, the second S in in Jesus, and this is the game changer. It's surrender your will. <laughs> this is where it all comes down. And this is really what connects to maybe some of those stats from the article that you referenced, uh, folks yeah. not believing that Jesus is God. Why would they surrender their will to uh, a, a good teacher? There are a lot of good teachers. But if Jesus truly is the King of Kings, if he is God in the flesh and he is nudging, the Holy Spirit is nudging or prompting me to say something or go somewhere or not say something, then I need to put my arms up and say, I surrender. I, I will submit and follow you. And mm. again, the Jesus challenge is J-E-S-U-S. This is not just a course. You could say, yeah, I did that. Um, this is a mindset for the rest of your lives. And it's really a way a, a, a church uh, can implement its its groups, its classes, all of the programmatic type things that we do. Let's do it through mm. a filter that is emphasizing disciple making. Yeah, I love that. Uh, well, I love so. First of all, there's so much I love about this year because you are, you know, I would say revisioning um, and reframing the conversation. I think in a really good, healthy way. Um, now the, tell us a little bit more about the challenge, take the Jesus challenge. It's a course and it could be done by individuals or groups or how, how does that work? Uh, yes and yes. And, um, <laughs> um, and even it can be done, uh, by, by a church, like, a, you know, a, um, a, a teaching series. Uh, but it's not the type of thing where, okay, we did, we did that group. Now let's do the next curriculum. Uh, it's, it's okay. Now let's take these principles and apply them in the next small group in the next teaching series. Um, but yes, you as an individual uh, can take it on your own. I always encourage people do it with a friend or, or, or two as a small group, uh, as a class. Um, but it's, be- you know, we are to unite with other believers. So let's wrestle through some of these things, uh, together and encourage one another and, uh, you know, spur, spur one another on. So yeah, it's, it's all online. There's, uh, no material unless you choose to, to print the, you know, the workbook. Um, but yeah, it's something that pastors can, can encourage people to do, or they can use as, um, a, a, a teaching series and then do groups from that. Uh, okay, cool. Very cool. Um, now, I can imagine, um, you know, I think there's people that are listening in that particularly on the, the the kind of Bible engagement piece, the E, which I realize the whole thing is ultimately moving people towards uh, how do we engage more with the teaching of Jesus, with God's Word, ultimately. Um, but that piece in particular does seem to be such a critical piece 
Um, have you, what are you finding at Shelter Rock that is helping people take those steps? That is helping people actually engage more um, with you know with God's word. Yeah, and and Rich, this is where um, these these habits all intertwine. Um, like the the stopping and remember helps people to engage. Uniting with other believers helps people to engage. And this is why community is so important um, because we can hold each other accountable. Um, we can encourage one another. Um, it, we need to invest in one another's lives. And so that's one thing we're really trying to emphasize is Christianity is not a solo endeavor. It is a team sport. And, you know, we need to do this together. This is uh, not meant, you can take the course by yourself, but the Christian life is meant to, to be done together. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to, to say that we're, we're making a major emphasis uh, on, on small groups this fall. Um, that's not, certainly not new, but for, for, for most churches, for our, our church, it is small groups per se are not the answer because you can have mm -hmm. small groups that are meaningless. So, you know, intentional small groups that emphasize uh, disciple making will, uh, you know, yield a, a, a greater, greater harvest. But I really think it's about uh, having that mindset of being a disciple maker, uh, partnering with other people and, stopping throughout the day, you know, instead of having a 30 minute quiet time, which that's, you know, super long for some, let's say 10 minute quiet time. I think it's more productive, Rich, to have 10 one minute quiet times throughout the day mm. than one 10 minute. And so just mm. encouraging people uh, with simple ideas like that of, Hey, set your, set your watch <laughs> uh, to, to go off every hour. And regardless of what you're doing, uh, stop. And if you're in the, in the a meeting, uh, then just take five seconds um, in, in your mind to pray, God, help me to stay focused on you. And if you're not, you know, push back from your, your desk or, you know, take a, take a walk to get a drink of water and use that as time to reflect and remember God's promises, what you read, uh, investing in those around you. Yeah, that's very cool. Love it. Um, I'd really encourage people to check out the Take the take the Jesus Challenge. Uh, where do we want to send them to do that, to learn more uh, about it? Where do we want to send them? Go to my website, letsmakedisciples.org, and there'll be a link, Jesus Challenge, or you can, you know, just letsmakedisciples.org uh, forward slash Jesus Challenge. There's information there. And then, uh, Rich, if anyone uh, from, you know, from your audience just wants to use uh, the coupon code UNSEMINARY, uh, oh, nice. Like 20, uh, $25 off the course and nice. uh, you know, pastors who want to buy a, a church license, there's, it's $50 off. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Well, look at that. You're, you're making money by just listening to the podcast, people. <laughs> you're saving money today, which is great. <laughs> um, fantastic. Now, you also are doing a kind of a really cool project this fall. Um, you've got this summit coming up. Can you tell us about this? Uh, why this is a, These are a ton of work. So I've been involved in a number of these. There are a lot to pull together. Um, what was the drive behind saying, hey, you know what? Let's, let's put together a summit. Yes. Um, yeah. A lot of work and you've actually been a, um, a, a real helpful resource for me. So, so thank you for that. But actually pre COVID, I was taking 
uh, Iran and just thinking, you know, how can we help our people connect, be inspired? And I thought about the idea of a summit and doing it online because it would be mm-hmm. far more economical. And so October 6, 7, and 8, uh, 5 to 9-ish p.m., uh, it's the Next Step Summit. And Rich, really, it's it's geared for believers in our churches that feel stuck, that are stalled. Maybe they they're they're seeing uh, uh, their Christian faith to be to be boring. They they need some kind of next step, or brand new believers, or uh, believers who are excited about their faith, but they don't really know how to make mm-hmm. disciples. Like this is mm-hmm. for them. Next step summit.co is where you can go and register and uh, you know there'll, there'll be all kinds of, of, of info. So next step summit.co. Yeah, that's fantastic. I would encourage people, you know, it's dozens of communicators and it's a, a really a great opportunity uh, for you to plug in, be inspired, but also get some really great practical next steps. And it's uh, again, and it's free. Absolutely free. Come on, people. Why? What are you doing here, friends? You know, you need to get in there and and uh, and check it out for sure. Um, and so that's coming up here, October sixth, seventh, eighth. Um, okay, fantastic. Now, uh, Greg, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I appreciate you, uh, you know, unpacking this. Is there anything else we want to we want to make sure we point people uh, in the direction of, or anything else we want to talk about today before we wrap up? Uh, you know, I, I'd encourage people when they go to my site, let's make disciples.org to, to download the uh, choose your adventure uh, ebook, because mm-hmm. um, for me, this, this really uh, highlights what we've been talking about. And it, it differentiates between being a Christian and a disciple. Now, those some some people just heard that and they're freaking out because those should be synonymous terms. They were meant to be synonymous terms, but in our modern church, that's not always the case. People are content being a Christian and I'm challenging and encourage them is to fulfill uh, your true calling. As a Christian, you are to be a disciple, the disciple maker. And so uh, that that resource, that free resource kind of contrasts, compares what those two mindsets can look like, and then it helps people make that commitment to being a disciple maker. Perfect. Well, we'll, we'll list uh, all of these in the show notes so people can can check it out there and and take some next steps. I, Greg, I really appreciate you. Appreciate your leadership. Appreciate what you're doing to, um, you know, really help churches take next steps and to help uh, individual disciples uh, continue to grow their uh, the disciple making uh, aspect of who they are. Really to broaden their uh, horizons as it comes to uh, disciple making. So I really appreciate appreciate you. Uh, thanks so much for being on today and uh, come back anytime. Let us know if there's anything else we can do uh, to help in the future. Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.